New Faces, part one, take one. Welcome to episode 142 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. Maybe we should be going ahoyas ahoyas because this is our special post-superdraft episode of the podcast. And of course the Whitecaps, their number one pick this year, Cole Seiler from the Georgetown Hoyas. I'm your host Michael McCall and what we're going to bring to you in this special post-draft episode is just a lot of the audio from the three draft picks that Whitecaps took on Thursday and from Kyle Robinson himself. Now, if you've been reading AFTN, you'll have seen a lot of our draft coverage, hopefully. And we've had bits from all these interviews in our written articles, but we have a lot more people that listen to the podcast than read the site. And we didn't include everything from the interviews and the written things as well. So what we thought we'd do is just include it all in full. That way you can get kind of the nuance, just get to hear the guys say it in their own words. Just a little bit of background to them as well that we didn't include in it and some fun stuff. So we're going to have chats with all three of the Super Draft picks. Cole Seiler, which is from a conference call that we had with a number of media. And then some exclusive one-on-ones that we had with Chris Hellman and Thomas Sanner. So let's just get straight to the action and kick things off with the number one draft pick from Thursday, 16th overall... From the University of Georgetown, central defender Cole Seiler. I'm uh, Cole Seiler. I just recently graduated from Georgetown um, with a, gov- a degree in government. Going into the combine, I was a little bit nervous just because uh, a lot of recognition had been placed on my uh, fellow teammate that I played next to, Josh Yara, who went number two in the draft. I wasn't really sure um, how, how many teams actually knew I was, but um, I thought that uh, I played fairly well down in Florida. I was fortunate to play well came in well prepared and um, when it came to Monday when you had interviews with the teams um, I had three offers uh, meetings with New York Red Bulls Seattle Sounders and Vancouver Whitecaps and uh, by all means after I got done with each meeting I talked to my parents and after the Vancouver Whitecaps um, it was a little bit daunting when I first entered there just because you enter a ballroom there's uh, all seven of the staff in, in the room in this grand ballroom but uh after I got to uh, introduce myself and got to talking with the coaches, um, specifically Coach Carl, um, I, I really enjoyed uh, the conversation and um, 
luckily one of the uh, goalkeeper coaches team he played previously, so um, I knew that they were familiar with who I was, and um, it sounded like they were really interested in developing me, developing me as a player, which I was really, really looking forward to and hoping for in a club. So um, I left that meeting and talked to my parents, and by all means, that was the best meeting I had while I was down in Florida. So I'm really looking forward to uh, exploring a new part of North America, a little bit far from home, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. Excellent. Uh, okay, I'll open the floor to media questions. Gary, would you like to start? Sure. Uh, well, welcome to Vancouver, Cole. Uh, my name is Gary Kingston. I'm with the Vancouver Sun uh, newspaper. Um, just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, you're interested in uh, exploring a new area in North America. Have you ever been to Canada before? I have. Uh, I've been to Montreal and Toronto before with Pat's family vacations, but uh, never on the West Coast. Okay. Um, it was into one other quick one here, and I'll let somebody else get in. Uh, just uh, I noticed right away that um, uh, last year's top pick, uh, Tim Parker, a center back from St. John's, uh, tweeted out a, a welcome and uh, mentioned about another ginger-haired center back. Um, yeah. Uh, do, do, yeah. Do, do you know, do you know Tim much? Or? Yeah, actually, um, specifically when the in my meeting, the Whitecaps asked if I uh, knew anything about their club, and he was the first name I brought up just because we played in the same conference. He was at St. John's, and we competed against one another. And uh, I actually really uh, try to emulate my game after this just because uh, he's a bigger guy, but yet he's um, also, he find when it's time to tackle, like get into the tackle, he definitely doesn't shy away and definitely uh, gets stuck in. But he also... Um, kind of wows people with his, like, foot ability and uh, his skill in, that, in those aspects of his game. So I definitely try to emulate my game after this. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. Hi, Cole. It's uh, Michael McCall here from MLSsoccer.com. I uh, just wanted to ask you, the, the Georgetown back line obviously seems to have been really good the last couple of years with three you taken in the first round. Can you just talk a, a, li- a little bit about your time there? Definitely. Um, so I came in uh, actually as a forward, and uh, it came down to preseason. It came down to Brandon Allen and myself over who was going to be uh, taking over that starting position. And it became clear on day one that Brandon definitely had was more capable at that spot than I was. So um, luckily I was fortunate enough that there was another opening at center back, and there was a senior there, Tommy Muller, who used to do with Santa Fe Earthquakes. And he kind of took me under his wing and um, and uh, definitely Coach Samuel as well, who um, could be a pain in the ass, to be honest, at certain times, just how detail-oriented he was. <laughs> but um, it became apparent in my meeting with the Vancouver Whitecaps that those details uh, were noticed by them, and it, it honestly became a little bit second nature. So it could be kind of painstaking, sitting in hours and hours of film, but uh, at the end of the day, it definitely um, was a blessing in disguise and shows in my play, I think. And coming to a team like Vancouver Whitecaps, where you've got a head coach that is not afraid to play young players, it must mean a lot knowing that you are going to come to a club where you will get a chance if you if you stand out. Yes, sir. No, definitely. And, and that, that was mentioned in my meeting as well. Um, they specifically asked me what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were. And we were kind of uh, on the same page in, uh, in those facets. And he... What I was really looking forward to in, in, in um, playing with some teams this summer, um, training with some first teams, was a team in a club environment where the coaches actually seemed like there was a good connection between the players and the coaches. 
in that the coaches actually seem invested in developing the players, not just so much in winning and losing. And just in the meeting that I had with Coach uh, Carl and other and his staff, uh, it definitely seemed like that that showed through. And um, I actually, after uh, I was selected, I uh, got a chance to talk with him again, and uh, he was really excited, as almost as excited as I was, to look uh, looking forward to working with me. So I'm I'm very fortunate and blessed in that in that regard. Hey Cole, it's Pete Shad from the Whitecaps broadcast crew. Welcome to Vancouver. Two part hey. question. Um, first of all, how long did, did the Whitecaps tell you how long they've been scouting you? Because apparently you were their top target. And secondly, uh, what do you think about potentially starting life with the Whitecaps in the USL outfit potentially? Okay, so in regards to the first uh, question, um, they actually didn't uh, necessarily um, mention to me. One of the uh, coaches, I believe he was the goalkeeper coach, was saying, uh, previously worked at Philadelphia Union. He saw me uh, play with Georgetown. He'd been to one of my games before, so he was somewhat familiar, but uh, in regards to the other coaches, I do not know um, how long. I mean, it, I would, I'm would. i not exactly sure how long they've been uh, scouting me. Um, and then in regards to the second question, were you talking about the potential of possibly playing for uh, the uh, White Caps too? Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I actually trained with Seattle this summer and was yeah. with their first team, the second team. And what I really enjoyed was when I was with the first team, I was able to kind of take some feedback from the coaches and process it and then try to implement it um, at not as high as a level and try to incorporate those uh, peaks into my game. So um, whether it be with the first team or second team, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to develop my skills. Hey, Cole, it's uh, Farhan Debju here. I'm the reporter for the, for the Whitecaps. Just wanted to ask, okay. um, uh, is there any reason in particular why you weren't at the draft? Uh, yeah, there is actually. Um, so my dad's a doctor, and um, unfortunately one of his uh, business partners passed away not too long ago. So um, his office has been kind of hectic, and uh, he unfortunately wasn't able to clear his schedule. And uh, I thought it was kind of important since the fact that my mom and dad had sacrificed so much for me uh, in getting me to this opportunity that uh, – I, might, I needed to be together with those two, so um, I decided to stay at home. My mom offered to drop me up there, but ultimately I wanted to stay with my dad and watch the draft with him and my mom, so that was the reason why I was unfortunately not there. Thanks, Cole. Cole, uh, Simon Fudge, Cole.com Canada. Uh, welcome to Vancouver. Thank you. The, the club has got a bit of a need at right back and seen some of your highlights. So obviously, you, you've obviously played a center back, but I also saw you play a little bit at right back uh, would versatility be one of the things that you could say is very much in your game in terms of um, playing in more than one position in the back line? Uh, well, that was actually mentioned to me uh, at the beginning of this year um, by one of my past teammates um, who's still in the MLS season agent now. And he actually told me that that was one thing that I needed to show through in my game. So uh, being a versatile player, not just being a cookie cutter, just uh, strictly a center back, just because the opportunities might present themselves at the next level uh, with openings at those positions. So um, they threw me there at the combine um, a, a little bit. Um, I haven't played so much in college just because we had Keegan playing right back. And as, as you guys can see with the third pick, um, he's definitely solidified his spot in mastering that. But um, it's definitely a part of my game that I'm hoping to work on and uh, maybe – show some more of my striker, striker past, you know, with my athletic, or excuse me, with my offensive tactics, hopefully um, getting a chance to perhaps play there as well.
Cheers. Thank you. Hey, hi, Cole. It's uh, Mark Weber at the Vancouver Province newspaper. Congratulations. Hey, this, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> this is a quirky little Q&A with you from, from Georgetown from, I think, a year ago or so that, that uh, includes the, the nugget that you own 10 chickens. I'm just wondering what, what life was like growing up in South Carolina and the town, in your hometown. Okay, yeah, I grew up, I've um, grown up in, um, I was originally born in Columbia, South Carolina. My dad was in the Army. He was stationed at Fort Jackson. Um, but then uh, he moved, and there was an opening up in the upstate near, right near Clemson, South Carolina. And my mom actually got the chickens when, because uh, I'm the youngest in my family, she got the chickens as like a way to like kind of occupy her time in a new challenge. So um, I see them occasionally on uh, when I come on the breaks, but they're they're pretty crazy. Um, we don't live on a farm by any means, but they definitely spice it up. Yeah. So is it kind of a small town you grew up in? Yeah, yeah, Anderson's a fairly small town. And actually, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie Radio with Hugh Goodie Jr., but uh, that, that movie actually takes place in my hometown. Uh, hi, it's just Michael again. Um, I just want to ask you, Cole, you spent some time in the under the U.S. Under-17 Residency Program. How did you find your time there, and how did you find your game developing uh, kind of in the national program? Um, so, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I came in as a forward, and um, I think that uh, going in, I, I, honestly, I thought I, th- I felt like I was a little bit immature, kind of moving away the whole process in that. And um, I don't think I necessarily got uh, settled in there that well, or kind of like showed my whole capabilities. They were kind of moving me around, trying to figure out where I fit in best in their system. And unfortunately, towards the end of the semester, I suffered an injury, and then. Um, wasn't invited back for the spring semester uh, leading up to the World Cup. But I think that, honestly, when I uh, was home and, and kind of was able to reflect back on the opportunity, I realized how much I enjoyed uh, kind of like living away from home. I actually did some growing up. But as far as soccer, is, soccer goes, I was able to kind of um, identify some how I matched up with like the, the, the best people at my position um, and some things I definitely needed to work on. But... Um, I'm hoping that that opportunity presents itself again when I come uh, with Vancouver, see how I stack up with the uh, guys that are already on the team, see, hopefully be able to process the information that uh, the coaching staff there gives me, and hopefully I'll be able to uh, translate that into my game. That's great. Thanks, Cole, and good luck when you get here next week. Nathan, right, thank you. Gary, can, I, can I just get one more in here? Just you, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to be clear. Uh, I, I, I think... Uh, you mentioned you you worked out with the, the Sounders in in uh, last summer. Uh, how, how did that come about? Yes, uh, so they have uh, I think scouts that come to our games. I actually trained with the Sounders, uh, Sporting KC, and the New England Revolution. Uh, that was my second time being with New England Revolution, and um, their coaches reached out to my assistant coaches and mentioned asking what I was doing this summer and uh, coordinated it with my schedule. Uh, and, and taking summer classes and was uh, able to go out and train with their team. So listening to Cole Siler there, sounds a, a guy with his head screwed on, as you'd expect from the Whitecaps' background and character checks. Rob was very big in character, you'll hear about that later. He prefers character and background and stability 
rather than flash, which I think we've seen a lot with some of our draft picks in the past and the draft picks that maybe haven't lived up to things. Key Banjo, for example, springs to mind from last year's draft. Darren Mattox and Eric Hurtado could be another two names that you throw in the mix there. Cole Siler, though, seems a very, very stable and excellent prospect, I think, for the Whitecaps. And if you look ahead to the future, this will most probably be Pamadou Ka's final year as a player in, in Vancouver. And if Siler makes the grade, you're looking at Siler, Parker, Dean, along with Kendall Waston, but three really strong centre-backs for the future. And it's just going to bode so well for the Whitecaps going forward and, and just continuing to have that core that comes back year upon year upon year. Players will move on. Kendall Waston's bound to move on at some point, you have to think. Matty Laba as well. But when you've got kind of young core that's coming through, that just spells a good future for the Whitecaps. And after the success of Parker, the, the Whitecaps obviously know how to, to look for some good defensive talent in the draft. With their second and third picks of the, the Super Draft this year, though, they selected two forwards. Their first pick of the second round and 29th overall was a bit of a surprise to many. From a Division II school, Lynn University, German striker Christopher Hellman. Now, Hellman's 23. Fantastic goal-scoring record. Banging the goals in like nothing on earth. He scored 49 goals and 45 appearances for Lynn. Lifted an NCAA Division II championship in 2014. And has won a number of offensive and Team of the Year player awards as well during his time with the Fighting Knights down in Lynn. So I had a chance to speak to Christopher on Thursday after the draft, an exclusive one-on-one, done by telephone. So there's a little bit of echo and kind of a little bit of some delays in the background. Hopefully not too much to spoil your enjoyment. But we had a really good chat about a number of things, just what brought him over from Germany, what he hopes to do with the Whitecaps, a little bit of background about the guy as well. And I think from listening to this and watching his, his videos on YouTube and various things like that, you're going to be excited about this guy. So without any further ado, here's a chat with Christopher Hellman. Hey Chris. Hey, how are you? Good. First thing to say to you is just congratulations. Um, how did you find like the whole draft day? How how was the whole experience for you? Uh, it's it's uh, kind of a roller coaster ride. I mean, it's nerve wracking the whole day. And for me as a European, I I didn't really know anything about uh, the draft system. But it's an exciting day. I think everyone is really enjoying it, and there's a lot of excitement in that whole draft room, team wise, and for the for the draftees. So uh, it's been an amazing day, and obviously a good day for me as well. Now. Playing for a, a Division Two school, did did you expect to go so high in the draft? Um, I mean, you never expect it, but um, I had really good talks with uh, Carl Robinson and Alan Koch uh, in the meeting at the draft. So I I was hoping for Vancouver to be the to be the team that picks me, but obviously it's uh, a little surprising. But uh, I'm I'm just uh, happy that it worked out. Yeah, and like looking at your record, you've obviously scored goals like throughout your time at Lynn. For people that's never seen you, which I guess is, is going to be most people, how would you describe your game? Um, I mean, I, I played in summer league as well uh, in, in Iowa, so I think uh, I've played against some D1 uh, or with some D1 uh, players and against some D1 players, and I could produce on that level as well. So I think uh, that was a big plus, and, and as a player, I would I would describe myself as a player who creates a lot, 
assists, goals, and, and just uh, a lot of chances. I just like to make my teammates better. I'm not trying to do anything special uh, with the ball. I'm keeping it simple and try to be effective. Uh, talking about your time then uh, like at, at Des Moines, yeah, you scored a lot of goals there. You made the the PDL team of the year as well. I think was it twenty fourteen or 14, yeah. yeah. Um, so like you've you've obviously played at that higher level as well. How big do you see? Like I, I guess to start off, you might end up playing with uh, Whitecaps USL team. How big a jump do you think it's going to be for you to go from college to PDL and then up to USL and then maybe MLS? Um, I think uh, obviously it's going to be a big step, but I think the style uh, of my game uh, suits for the next level. I think uh, I hope or I hope that makes it a little easier. And regarding PDL, I think that's just uh, the highest it gets uh, after college um, to to get prepared for the next level. Um, we also played against some some USL teams or NASL teams. We played against Minnesota twice, so you could get an impression of of how the next level would work, how fast it is. And we've done pretty well against those teams as well. So I, I just hope that I can uh, uh, make the transition. Obviously, it's going to take time, but I can I can't wait to get it started. And Alan Koch, as you mentioned as well, obviously, well, the head coach at, at WFC two. Now, when you spoke to him, did did he say that right away? Obviously, Lynn and SFU were in the the twenty twelve final four together. Has he been keeping an eye on you since? Well, he he was actually one of the first coaches I had contact with uh, when I was in Germany and uh, going through the whole process of uh, signing up for colleges in either America or Canada. Because at that time, he was the head coach of SFU, Simon Fraser. So he was one of the coaches who tried to recruit me. And since I wasn't uh, academically uh, um, good enough, I would say, to get into SFU, um, he still kept contacting me the whole time. We kept talking, had good talks uh, and then he got uh, promoted and got that job in Vancouver. So he was obviously a, a big part as well. And I, um, he, he only told me good things about Vancouver, about the city, about the organization, about head coach uh, Robinson. Uh, so uh, he, he obviously played a major role as well. Oh, that's interesting to know. And I noticed on one of your profiles it said that Canada was somewhere that you'd always wanted to go. So is this going to be your first time in, is this your first time in Canada then? Or, or how much do you know about the city of Vancouver? Um, I only know so much about the city because I'm a huge hockey fan, so I follow the Canucks. Okay. Um, I've, yeah, I'm a huge hockey fan. Um, I haven't been in Vancouver. The only two times I've been in Canada was uh, with my summer league team in Des Moines. We played at Thunder Bay and at Winnipeg. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, with with Thunder Bay being probably one of the worst cities I've ever seen. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, uh, Winnipeg was alright, and now I'm, everyone's just telling me how amazing Vancouver is. Like my family called me right away, my agent, my friends, and everyone who's been there is uh, full of positives. So I can't wait to see it and actually experience it. It is a wonderful city. I've been here since 2007. I moved over from Scotland, and it's like I, I love it here. It's got it's got everything you want, whether you want city life or, or country life. What do you like doing in your spare time? Like, what are your hobbies? I noticed your Twitter handle's Hellboy. Are you a comics book fan, or is that just because of Hellman? And, and what do you like doing? Well, that's, that's, just, that's just a funny story of one of the keepers when I played in a, in a youth team. His favourite movie was Hellboy, and uh, since my na- last name was Hellman, uh, he yelled it once over the field, and everyone thought it so funny that they kept calling me that. <laughs> uh, that's, how, that's, that's how that started. It was a funny story. Um, in my spare time, um, my brother is a hockey player, so I... Um, play a lot of ice hockey in the winter when I have the time. Um, I love traveling, like I said. Uh, you probably read the profile from my college when I yeah. was in Canada. 
And by going to Canada, I, didn't, I wasn't talking about the road trips to Winnipeg or Thunder Bay. I was talking about actually visiting the country. Yeah, so every every summer after my summer league seasons, I, I traveled with my brother. I've been on the Bahamas, uh, L.A., Chicago. So I just try to see some uh, some new cities, some new places I haven't seen before. And other than that, I think I'm I'm just a usual 23-year-old who, who enjoys spending time with friends and, yeah, I love soccer. Like, obviously, you've come over from Germany. What what brought you over to the States? What what made you want to come over here? Yeah, I, I actually get that question a lot, and a lot of uh, college kids answer that they just wanted to combine a high level of uh, soccer and, and school, which is obviously one of the things uh, you can do perfectly in America or Canada. Um, but for me, the biggest the biggest point was just to get more mature. I was 18, turning 19 at that time, uh, um, and I I had a professional offer in, in, in Germany, and I and I thought I was just uh, not ready for it. So I was looking for something new, a new challenge, and I think the three years in, in America really helped me maturing in, in a lot of aspects uh, in my life, not just soccer-wise. So I, I think I'm I'm way more ready uh, to go the next step now, and that's helped me a lot. And just final thing, like back in Germany, or what what football teams do you support? Is there a particular German team that you follow? Yeah, I'm a huge Cologne fan. It's my hometown. Uh, it's not always easy being a Cologne fan, and not not necessarily the best team, but yeah, uh, you can't really choose that. Since my dad brought me to the stadium when I was four, yeah, that's just that's just my hometown, uh, my hometown club, which I really really followed uh, since I was young. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. My hometown club is in the bottom tier of Scottish football, so we're in the fourth tier. So that's even worse. Yeah, you, you don't change teams just because of that. You still you still keep supporting the team uh, you grew up watching. Oh, exactly. Well, it, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, good luck when you come to Vancouver, and I'll I'll catch up with you when you get here. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Whoa, damn, damn. this kid's dog. You what's his name? You what's his name? Mephisto. Well, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I switched it though. It's Hellboy. It's Hellboy. Let's go. So some good stuff from Christopher Hellman there. He really does look to be a good prospect, but like we've said before, can they cut it at the next level? He's going to see all his time this coming season, I think, in USL action, but you never know, he might surprise us and start banging the goals in there and Carl might decide to have a little look at him, see how he does with the first team. He, he does look a good prospect. He got 17 goals and 13 assists in the season just past. And as you'll hear Rob will say a little bit later on, no matter what level you're talking at, to have that amount of goals and those assists and just that production level, it's definitely worth taking a look. And as we've seen with Tesho Akindeli, it doesn't matter whether they come from a D1 or D2 school. If you're a goal scorer and you can cut it at a higher level, you're going to make the grade. And we just have to hope that Hellman does that as well. But seven picks later, 36th overall, Robo went for another striker. And it's a, a guy which you'll hear him describe later on as very different from Helmini. He feels he's drafted two big strikers, but two strikers that are a little bit different from each other. This is a, a graduate from Princeton University, Thomas Sanner. So like Helmin, we got a chance after the draft on Thursday to have an exclusive one-on-one chat with him via telephone. And as you'll hear him say, he's a late bloomer. He's kind of started to really develop later as, as he's got on into things. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as well. He's recorded 32 goals and 15 assists in his 64 appearances. And he's kind of really started to come to people's attention during his senior year, leading the Ivy League with 13 goals. And he's actually the third all-time leading scorer at Princeton. 
ahead of the likes of Princeton alum Jesse Marsh and Cameron Porter, who was drafted by Montreal Impact last year. So let's hear now from this South Carolina boy, Thomas Sanner. Hi, thanks for doing this, Thomas. I know it's been a really long day for you. <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, it was long enough watching it on the on the webcast. Never mind being there. So, I mean, how was your? How did you find your drafty experience? So I wasn't. I wasn't actually at the draft. I'm. I'm at school right now. Okay. We are in. We're in the finals period, actually, for the from the first semester. We kind of have a weird schedule, so I'm at school. And but I was in a big room um, with a bunch of friends, school friends that have a bunch of guys on my soccer team. And I actually didn't hear the announcement. I was on the phone with my agent who was talking um, with Carl Robinson. Um, <laughs> I'm, and then I just I just heard all of my friends. I walked out of the room and I heard all my friends just erupt in the room. And then we kind of had a mosh pit and it was an incredible incredible experience oh that sounds amazing Ho- hopefully someone videoed that because that would be fun to see yeah. we uh that's funny um so cameron porter who was a princeton alum who got drafted and plays for the montreal impact now yeah. was here and you if you follow him on twitter he actually has a video of us celebrating oh i will dig that out <laughs> perfect <laughs> Well, I mean, like, talk. Let's 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 talk about your your time at Princeton. To to go to such a prestigious school. I mean, what what is that kind of whole experience like? It's I I've loved every second that I've been at Princeton. You get you get exposure to just uh, people from all over the world and all different kinds of experiences. And being able to play soccer at a school like this, where it is a high level soccer. But being able to pair it with the academics is just a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But I will say that in terms of my soccer career, the Ivy and what I'm looking forward to as I uh, move forward is being able to 100% focus on soccer because I think that when I'm, when I'm able to give 100% to my soccer career, I can really improve rapidly, and, um, which I, I definitely improved at Princeton, but... In college soccer, and just in general, it's only it's three months of the year, and then you you kind of have to take it easy because of all the rules and regulations. So, definitely been a fun four years, but excited to see the next chapter. And you didn't play PDL, did you? Or did you? I couldn't find much about any PDL stuff. No. So, I guess that's another aspect of of the experience. I've I've played on teams in the summer, not PDL. Uh, last summer I played, I had an internship out in San Francisco. Okay. And I played on, I played on San Francisco FC, which was a, it was a U23 team. Is that the one that's we, we just had, got the PDL franchise? I know there's a San Francisco team that's just got a PDL franchise for next season. Did they just get that? I, well, I know some San Francisco team did. It was... It was the one that's like supporter owned, so I think that is that same they team. A, they had a team that they were paying people to play on, but I obviously couldn't accept that. Yeah, I, I I just played on 
the U23 team, which, which is where all the college kids around the area were playing. And we, we had pretty – the practices actually ended up being better than the games, I thought. <laughs> but because we, we, we had a solid team, and we went out and beat a bunch of people. Um, and it was, it, was, it was good soccer. And then the year before, I played on, the, on an MTSL team in Indiana, which is where I'm from, uh, the Indiana United Fire, Fire Team. I think it was NTSL. Yeah, I noticed that you, you played like USSDA as well with Indiana Fire. Are, are they any affiliation to Chicago Fire, or is it just uh, that they've got the name Fire? No, so they're... It, it's it's kind of confusing. It's And I'm not really sure, but they, they are affiliated with the Chicago Fire. Um, I think... I think if you play on, like, I think I could have been declared a homegrown. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. By the fire, but I'm not positive on that. It's it's like a weird, like, the, the DA team is subsidized by the fire, but it's not like the Chicago Fire Academy team where if you play, you don't have to pay anything. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering, because it's like, I didn't know if they had your rights, and then it's everything's weird in MLS anyway with all the rules. Uh, so, what, what were you studying at Princeton? I'm I'm a politics major with a concentration in international relations. Okay. Have you always wanted to, like, make it as a pro, or, like, were you kind of swithering whether to go down a career, or has, has a pro footballer always been what you've wanted to do? It, it has, and it's, it's funny because I, there was a time, well, I've always been kind of a, a late bloomer, so I've never... Like, that's always been just kind of a, a faraway dream, I'd say. Where it's like, wow, that would be so cool. But I never, I never realized, I never thought I'd actually realize the dream until probably two years ago. And, and really until I had this great um, senior season that I had to, that built off my previous three years at school. And... Uh, where I really realized that I, I can play with the best around in, in the MLS and these teams are interested in me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can do this, which has, been a, which has been an awesome experience for me and something that I, I never would have dreamed of, but I'm at obviously gladly accepting. Yeah, and like looking at, at your goals at Princeton, you, they've increased every year, 4, 7, 8, then 13. What is it about your game that's improved, and what do you feel you're going to need to do to move now to the higher level? I, I think I've, I mean, the basic thing is you, you get bigger, stronger, faster, which I'm sure I'll have to um, get bigger, stronger, faster moving to, to the next level, but being more confident on the ball and confident in your goal scoring, get, getting your fitness up, which I think will be will be vital moving on to the next, moving up to the next level, being able to run for ninety minutes and getting in all the right spots and getting in the box for every every cross and getting on the end of everything. It's something that I improved upon and getting. I, I think another thing that I improved upon. It, my junior year, I actually moved out wide and was able to gain some experience kind of taking guys one-on-one and improving my, my dribbling and kind of being a, a creative attacker rather than a, a guy that stays in the box and just finishes off goals, um, which is something I, I want to improve on and 
think I will be able to improve on um, as I get up into the next level. And yeah, so... That's great. And just last two things quickly. Have you ever been to Vancouver before and or Canada? And like, how much do you know about Vancouver and the Whitecaps, really? So I I have never been to Vancouver, but I have I, I know. I, I was talking to I think Tom earlier, right right when they um, drafted me, and we've already uh, exchanged a few connections from from Princeton and from the club that I'm in at Princeton. I know. Uh, Two girls that were on the field hockey team are both from Vancouver, and they were all big. They were always big Vancouver fans. And cool. Um, after they after they interviewed me, because uh, they uh, Vancouver interviewed me at the at the combine, I I looked up Vancouver obviously, and I I had always heard that it was an, an amazing city, but just looking at the pictures of the city, it looks absolutely incredible. And as far as far as the Whitecaps. I know that they have an amazing fan base from what I can see. I know they were a great team last year, but are still looking to build and have been building over the past three years since they got a new coach, and it's looking like a, like a very bright future, which I'm very excited to join and uh, try to help further. In your spare time, what, what, what is it you like to do? I, I'm, I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big sports, sports guy, so big big backyard sports I, I i love uh games cornhole spike ball um i play a lot of a lot of basketball just i, I like to stay active and then when i get tired of that I, I i'm a big avid reader most of which unfortunately when you come to come to princeton is is reading that you have to do so i've kind of let up on my uh in my leisure reading but hopefully i'll be able to get that back after college um, well, David Ousted, the goalkeeper here, is a huge reader as well, so I'm sure you you and him will get on really well. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, and good luck, and I'll see you when you, you get here next week. Thank you very much. It's very nice to meet you. Thanks, Thomas. So good stuff from Sanner there as well. So as we said, Robo described Sanner and Hellman as two very different kind of strikers. And he had a lot more to say about a number of the draft picks and just kind of why he'd made his decision on these guys and what he'd kind of hoped to to get from them and just the whole drafting philosophy of the Whitecaps and a few more things as well. So Robo did a conference call with a number of media on Thursday after the draft You'll probably have seen some of it and heard some of it elsewhere already, but we thought we'd play it all in full just so you can, as we said at the start of the show, kind of get the nuances of what he's saying and, and just hear some stuff that you've maybe not seen or read elsewhere. So let's hear now from Whitecaps head coach, Carl Robinson. Mark, would you like to uh, start? Sure, thanks. Uh, Carl, just before we get to 
these guys. You made a reference on ESPN to to a possible deal being done at, at right back. Could, could you sort of confirm what you were you were saying there, or elaborate on it as well? <laughs> you want me to tell you who the player is? Yeah. No. Listen, we're, we're, we're looking at adding. Obviously, no. We know. We know we're. Um, uh, we're in the we're in the market for a right back. Um, there's a there's a possible option that's uh, come up recently, uh, and we're trying to get that over the line. So, you know, did that did that affect the, the our draft pick? No, um, because we like the boy Cole. Uh, there was three that we identified in the draft possible right backs, but two early, so it wasn't a big thing for us. So, uh, at, at the moment, we're we're close to trying to agree it or get it over the line. But you know, until it's 100 percent done, then you never know. Okay. So, so, were you aggressively trying to move up in the draft today, or was it just not? Was it was it you know what, we, um, we 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 did try. Uh, we did try to move up a couple of places uh, once it got past ten because we the boy we wanted, which was Cole, we actually thought might go earlier. Um, so for us to maybe make a move to um, move up three or four places, we thought it was the right thing to do, and we were willing to do it to get Cole. But unfortunately, um, we got rejected and. Uh, the other club went with another team, uh, but it fell into place. So we still ended up getting the guy we wanted, which someone must have been smiling on us. Hey Carl, it's uh, Cam Tucker calling from uh, Metro. Um, your, your thoughts on Cole? I mean, uh, do, do you see Tim a little bit of Tim Parker in him at all? I do, yeah, I, I, do, I do. And you know, from day one when we saw him, obviously we know Georgetown. Very, very strong team, very strong back four, um, you know, and you know, they've come out of the draft very well. But, you know, with, with each individual player throughout the back four, they have different characteristics. Uh, and we just felt that Cole was the not the most flashiest one at the back four, um, but his little defending details were, were probably as strong as anyone's. And, you know, under the radar a little bit, you know, he's a good talker, he's a good communicator. You know, he needs to polish up on his is stepping and dropping, uh, but his understanding of the game is it, it, fantastic. And it did remind me of Timmy Parker, and, you know, we saw him play it right back as well. He's very comfortable on the ball, and, you know, that that was a, a big part why it played into our decision. Can Cole perhaps be a versatile player that he could play uh, perhaps right back, or he, he could at least give that position a look? Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can, and that's why we drafted him, because we needed someone who could play centre-back and right-back. We know we got Timmy. We know Christian Dean can play centre-back and left-back, and Parr and Kendall are strictly centre-back. So it's important he had a bit of flexibility, our, our number five centre-back. Um, and that's what it has with Cole. So we're delighted we've got that over the line. Thanks, Carl. Carl, it's Gary oh. Kingston. Um, it, it, hey, you mentioned trying to, to, to move up a couple of spots when you thought you wanted to try and get Cole. How, how serious were any discussions about moving into, say, the top six or seven to get a shot at uh, at uh, uh, Rosenberry or McCrary? Well, we, we, we heard rumours that Rosenberry might go in the top five, um, but the, the, the price value of the top five picks was a little bit too rich for us at the time based upon we, what we thought about whether they'd be ready to come in and play. So we decided not to do that, um, you know, and, and it was the right decision. So, you know, Yarrow and Rosenberry and McCrary went pretty early. And, um, you know, it made our decision not easier, but more comfortable for us because, you know, if we would have had the 6, 7, 8, we, we would have picked Cole again uh, higher than some of the GAs or the signed seniors. So it, it didn't really make any difference in the end. Um, but as soon as we knew the equation was a little bit too rich for us, we, we knocked it on the heads. 
Okay. And and one other thing, uh, Hellman uh, looks like a, a a very intriguing prospect. Obviously, um, you know he played Division Two, but uh, boy, that's a that's a hell of a goal scoring record he's got. What what intrigues you about Hellman? Well, him and Center are two totally different types of centre forwards, and you know we with Hellman, he's he's got an understanding of the game. We know he's in a national slot, which uh, in national spot. Um, but there's a flexibility to play in, in the ML, within the MLS squad or within the USL because of you know our USL team, which is good. So he's got an understanding of the game. You know, any person who scores 30 odd goals, whether it's Division Two or Division Three, you need to have a serious look at. And you know, once you go past a certain top first round picks, then you know it is much. You know, depending on positional needs, it's much more muchness. And you know, you need to get lucky sometimes, and you need to make decisions based upon. Uh, the background you've done, and you know, Alan, Alan Kosh has done a, a hell of a lot of work on on Chris. Um, so we know his background inside out, and that's why we made that decision. And, and obviously, Thomas, then the second one is is totally different to the Chris. So we've gone for two centre forwards based upon positional needs that maybe can fit into our group or or the USL group, and we've done Cole based upon the positional need within the first team group. And, and, and sorry, just one other quick thing on uh, on uh, Hellman. He, he is though 23 years old. And any you know concern that this you know he's, that he is a little of an older player, and that uh, you know can you can you mold him? Can you develop him into into what you want him to be? Hopefully, you know, with all these young players in the draft, they've all got strengths and weaknesses, and you know, otherwise they would be probably playing in Europe when they were 17, 18, 19 years of age. So um, we know he's got to work. We've got to work with him, but we're willing to work with it. You know, we show that on a daily basis. I'm lucky I've got a very good staff to work individually with them. We'll get them on individual plans and strengthening plans and fitness plans, and we'll give him the best possibility. Will we be able to take his chance? No. But he can do that once he's given the platform. And we've just allowed these these boys to be given the platform after today's draft. Hey, All right, Carl, given your, Carl, given your uh, recruitment overseas and also the development at the bottom end through residency, where does the draft even really play in, in the building of a team? Is it is it just sort of a gravy? Are you are you taking a different philosophy than maybe in years past with it? Uh, yes, slightly I am. And, you know, it's easy to say or, or suggest that you are going to, but, you know, a big focus for us is character. You know, we, we with, with Cole, he walked into the room and, you know, um, I asked him strengths and weaknesses and he, and he opened up to me. And he said what he thought his weaknesses were. And I challenged him with a question about what he would do if, in this situation. And, you know, and by the way, there wasn't an answer There wasn't an answer to the question. It was an open-ended question. Whichever way he answered it, I could have gone, ar- gone around the other way. Um, but he thought about it, and he came back with both possible answers. And I just thought, oh, okay. Well, he's a smart, he's a smart boy, which we know. Obviously, he's played in a successful team, which we know. He's an organizer and a leader, which we know. So those guys probably go under the radar, but they're important to building building teams. You know, we're, we're not building this this organization for the next year. We're trying to progress from last year, this year, but we're also building building the club. And these young players, whether they come through the draft or our residency program, which we know is good, uh, are part of that process. And sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't. And if it doesn't stay within the, uh, if, it, if the player doesn't stay within the club, then people will say, it, it you know, it's not as, as good as you want it. But I think it's a very important mechanism to get players. Will you get three, four, five, six players in one year? No, you won't. But will you get one? Yes, you will. And Carl, just based on your past experience, because you've been to a lot of these, what was the level of discussion between general managers? Did you feel like there was uh, more activity trade-wise, more transaction activity perhaps? 
well, there was a lot of um, trade discussion for me and my players, um, but I didn't want to get involved in that because we were focusing on the draft. So generally there always is, but a lot of it is because they want to try and find out about what, what you do with certain players, you know, and you got you got to listen to it. Um, but we've decided not to do anything because, you know, we don't think it's right at this time. Hi, Carl, it's Michael. Um, just going back to, to Cole Seiler, is, is there a danger because you've, you've picked what looks to be a, a talented centre-back close to where you got Tim last year, everyone's automatically going to be kind of comparing him to Tim? Yeah, people will do, and, and that will be natural. But, you know, if you're, if you're Jack Harrison and you get picked by Chicago and then get flipped to New York, I'm sure people will compare you to Ned Grabovoy. And if you're uh, Joshua Yara, people will compare you to Andrew Farrell. That's, that's what people do in football. You know, we picked Timmy last year at 13. We picked Cole this year at 16. Both have got similar traits, you know, and you, and you compare them. Um, but they're both two totally different players. You know, they've got a lot of characteristics the same, but they've got a lot different. So I, I don't think people will. Uh, I'm sure the, the, you know, the initial thing is, and I say, character-wise, they're exactly the same. Both winners, both level-headed, both kept their feet on the ground when you, when you interviewed them. And, and I think they've both got really, really good characteristics to be successful in this league for a number of years. And, and they're not flashy players. And, and that's what I think we, we've gone away from uh, recently, which I think is important. You mentioned some of his strengths, obviously, his communication, uh, you know, his organizational skills. Um, you know, in, in watching a bit of the highlight uh, video of him, um, he certainly showed an ability to, to make some some terrific diagonal passes and, uh, uh, you know, fine guys. Uh, is that one of his strengths as well, Carl? He's very good on the ball, without a doubt. Yeah. He's very comfortable, and decision-making for centre-backs is very important, whether it's simple or whether it's, you know, it's... Um, aggressive in their passing. Paul can play simple, he can play smart, and he can also switch the point of attack sometimes when need, need be. So, important you have good coupling centre-backs as well, but are able to defend. He's got an ability to defend, he's he's smart in his, his decision-making, and he can pass the ball, so he's got all the tools to be a, a, a successful centre-back. So a lot of interesting points from Carl Robinson there and what he hopes to see from them down the road. And as Robbo says, it's it's up to the players now. He's giving them this opportunity. Will they be able to take it? Cole Siler, you have to feel, is the, the player that has the best opportunity of making it with the Caps and MLS. I'm pretty confident that we're going to see Hellman and Sanner feature in the in the USL team for all season long. Whether they're going to show enough to, to make that next jump, I don't know. We saw with the draft picks that played in USL last season. Craig Nitty, I, I liked what I saw from him, but he's not good enough to play MLS level, and he was possibly the best of those guys. When you look at the, the strikers, Mackenzie Pridham, Jovan Blagojevic, they just basically showed that, yeah, they might have been good at college level, but when it came to kind of going up the next level, and that's not even MLS level that we're talking about, they just weren't able to, to kind of make that next jump. Will Hellman and Sanner be something different? We'll soon find out when the USL season gets underway in March. Now we've talked about the players that were selected. There's two more rounds of the draft coming up on Tuesday, rounds three and four. 
That's done by all the coaches in conference call. And one player that was not selected, rather surprisingly in, in a lot of ways, but not so unsurprisingly in some others, was Whitecaps residency alumni Callum Irving. Now Irving graduated from the Whitecaps residency in 2011, after that heartbreaking loss in the 2011 championship game in USSDA action. Four years at the University of Kentucky, standing out, slew of awards, highly rated going into the draft, signed a seniors contract with MLS. And you know, I think signing that contract, coupled with MLS's rules on Canadians, has probably played against Callum. He wasn't selected in rounds one or two, Part of that you kind of have to feel is if a club had taken him, he had this MLS contract, so he's going to go on to their MLS roster, automatically using up an international spot. And there's not going to be a lot of American clubs that are going to want to waste an international spot on an untested, at best, second string, maybe third string goalkeeper. And I think that possibly has kind of worked against Callum in the draft here. Will he get selected in rounds three or four? You kind of have to think that Toronto or Montreal are maybe going to be his best bets if someone does pick him up. If he doesn't get selected, then MLS can cancel his contract and maybe that's going to kind of free up a few more options or maybe he'll look at moving overseas and going into Europe. Of course, there is a possibility that the Whitecaps might change their mind now that he hasn't been selected in the first two rounds and try and bring him back to Vancouver. A realistic possibility? Well, I asked Kyle Robinson just that in Thursday's conference call. And here's what you had to see. Callum Irving okay. wasn't picked up in the first two rounds. Is there any chance you may revisit bringing him back to Vancouver? Yeah, that was, it was a surprise to me that he didn't get picked up because there was a lot of communication between teams and, you know, they asked me what he was like and I give a very positive feedback to, to them and I, I generally believed he would get picked up. So I'm not, I'm not sure where we are or where he is at the moment. Uh, I do believe that he will go on and play. Uh, within the MLS, um, but it's something we will look at. You know, will we bring him back in? I don't know. You know, because we've got some fantastic young goalkeepers coming through as well. You know, we'll see where we are. Cheers, Carol. So we're there just talking about Callum Irving. Really hope Callum gets picked up on Tuesday's call and just has a, a long career in MLS. And as we said in the last podcast, I really would not be surprised if he ends up back in Vancouver at some point. Don't think it's going to be sooner rather than later. But once David Eistead moves on, you never know, Callum might be back to be the Whitecaps goalkeeper one day. Well, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN, away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for all my stuff on there as well. We'll be back soon with another podcast and it's going to be heavily focused on more of the Whitecaps' new signings but not the draft pick. Whitecaps training camp gets underway on Friday. The players are coming back for that. I have a feeling it's going to be a very busy week in Whitecaps land before then. So watch out for all our stuff on AFTN and watch out for our next podcast covering all the latest in the Whitecaps' comings and goings. So until then, as always, thanks for listening, take care and mourn the Caps! One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs 
and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. 